Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie in the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Welcome back. If you're listening in real time, I missed last week's episode. It's not because I discovered an invisible place. (laughs) If I had, I would not have hesitated to just push an episode out there, no matter how it looked, to let you know. But instead, I was coming through beliefs. Womp, womp. (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? Are you like, okay, I get it. it. That feeling happens right before the feeling of uplift that I receive when I've truly transcended through something that used to affect me. Right before it gets great, there's this sense of, ugh, again. (laughs) Aren't we funny? Humans are funny. But no, I was not consistent last week. And as you might have guessed, moving through beliefs this time about consistency and time and our presence here. In the first part of the episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves, and then afterwards, we will discuss. Enjoy. Do you know, dear ones, How many observe you all with the keenest of interests? Do you know that right now there are many who you would describe as physical, non-physical, energetic, and by many other descriptions, that are aware of you, that are knowledgeable of the earth plane, and who expand greatly and their understandings of you all and what you have created here, by way of the contrast, by way of the comparison, that you reflect to them, to all of us, about creation itself. There is much in your histories that carries this theme, that humanity chose in its own way in its own time, a different path, one that had not been chosen before. You made this choice out of love, out of trust in creation and life itself. And though many of you have forgotten this choice, this pathway, you feel it inside of you still. Humanity must be somewhere, somehow, destined for something greater. There are parts of you that are disappointed by, or perhaps ridicule, aspects of yourselves being human. But then there is something still that believes, that believes in what you are, what you have the capacity for, There's something about human nature that is admirable. Perhaps, dear ones, it is your growing sense already of all of us who observe, all of you, and who appreciate quite profoundly everything that you reflect to us. There is, right now, something very special about humanity. You are special by the way you exist. You are special by your beingness, 
your resonance. So you could say there are things in your five senses that reflect this or that still must be achieved. And this would be a valid perspective. There is another perspective that views your energetic whole. And that is alive and well and resonant right now. Though you will come to see yourselves differently over time, these aspects of you have been present all along and are present even now. There is much inside of you that has been hidden and is being revealed. There are thought patterns that are coming to the forefront at this moment that you will start to recognize. And once you do so, you are no longer subject to their unconscious influence in your life. As you see them, recognize in yourself your own strength to see, to become conscious, to light up the world within you and around you with your presence. Or simply by being present alongside of all of us, you radiate a clarity, an understanding of creation that would not have been possible for all of us without all of you. We love you infinitely. going on in my personal life lately. We're getting ready to move across the country. And so last week was bananas. Got the house ready to put on the market. The market is nuts. Had a lot of showings. And so I was, I was very engrossed in the five senses world, cleaning, prepping, tidying up. And I didn't channel that much. The earthbound world was my priority last week. And so this morning, I have time to channel and to do a recording. And I actually think to myself, can I still do it? (laughs) I have been channeling them, these peeps, same peeps, for six or seven or eight years now, depending on how you look at it. And if I pass a period of time without having channeled them, the doubt that I have about whether or not I can still do it rises up almost in direct correlation. I was musing about this yesterday because if you learn to ride a bike here, right? We we always use this analogy. It's like learning to ride a bike. It sticks. You don't necessarily doubt if you can still ride a bike. You may be like, I need a warm up or I can't do like a very difficult bike ride, but you could probably still get on it, push the pedals and go. So I was like, why isn't channeling like riding a bike? Why do I have a real doubt as to whether or not I can actually do it if it's been more than several days since I've done it last. It feels like I'm approaching something brand new all over again. In some ways, I understand this because the energetic frequencies that we are reaching when we communicate with beings that are not totally of our five senses, belief systems, or not at all, as in the case of the Chorus, 
that energy moves. It evolves. It's constantly expanding. And so from a five senses perspective, you feel the difference and it could be considered a new bike. When we walk out into our garages and we see our cars or our bicycles or whatever it is, there is a very good chance that those things will look exactly the way they did the last time we saw them. Sure, I mean, maybe something happened overnight while your car was parked on the street and a window got smashed or something like that. But it is mostly the case that the things that we have learned to do, those things stay relatively the same over the course of our experiences here. This is very subtly one of the ways that we limited our environments that we've spoken about in the past is with this aspect of consistency. As we've talked about in terms of our physical format, our physical formats typically stay the same over the course of our lifetime minus some notable deterioration, but it's not like we change completely the way that we look or embody our beliefs billions of times per second. There is a consistency in our appearance. Likewise, there is a consistency in our environments. Now, again, our environments may change by way of a cyclical seasonality or by way of a fire or disaster or also by way of our efforts in the area to build something or clear something. But largely, the earth as we know it does also not fundamentally change billions of times per second from our perception. This speed, as we've talked about before, is a speed of new energy that would be very difficult for the human mind to grasp because as of right now, the human mind is a reflection of beliefs of limitation. So it was not built to grasp that kind of speed. It was built to prevent it or to thwart it in our perception. Therefore, a large part of what we believe we can do based on what we have learned is founded upon this idea of consistency, that what we learn to do, we will basically be repeating or doing again the next time we attempt said thing. So let's say you learn a musical instrument. The musical instrument is not going to fundamentally change (laughs) between when you took your first guitar lesson and your 10th guitar lesson. You are learning to play the same guitar. Now, in that way, you are relying on your concept, our collective concept of consistency, where what you are interacting with or enacting, the way that you are applying your action to a thing, that thing is consistent. The only thing that's changing is your ability to strum the frets. You're learning in new and different ways to move your fingers in a way that plays the guitar in better and better ways. So the thing in the environment, our perception of what it is that we are learning to do is consistent. And what is inconsistent or what is we hope becoming consistent is our ability to do said thing with proficiency, we would hope. And if you notice, majority of the time, the way we approach something that we want to do really well is by tackling it with consistency. (laughs) So if you really want to lose weight or if you really want to become stronger or if you really want to train for that race that's coming up in a few months that you really want to do well in, you need to be consistent in moving your body in certain ways and lifting heavy things (laughs) every morning in order to gain sort of that proficiency in order to gain that place. There is a requirement of repetitive action that we believe leads us to what we want. Now, the chorus and Abraham and many others have spoken about the law of attraction and how if you are constantly energizing the fact that you do not have that thing, you are slowing down the approach of that thing. So in some ways, the energetic way that you approach a workout 
has a lot to do with what you're energizing. This is subconscious to us though. Oftentimes we berate ourselves for not attracting the thing that we want, (laughs) which is in and of itself an activated limitation. But much of the time, we don't even know that we have this fundamental concept that is underlying our interaction with the weights at the gym. The fact that we have this construct about consistency and redundancy, which is a way of thwarting the perception of new energy, is foundational, is is invisible and underlying that whole experience of believing we have a physical format, of believing we have to move it around in order for it to be healthy, and in order to believe that you have to show up at the gym five days a week in order to get the results that you want. So what's an alternative path, right? I mean, this is so fundamental to us. It's like, okay, well, how else would you do it? How else would you lose the weight? (laughs) Would you just be less consistent, but believe that it's okay? You know, would you just sort of battle the consistency? And that is a valid way of looking at it from the five senses. But the chorus would say from an energetic perspective, you simply expand into the allowance of newness in every moment. So it's not an (laughs) anti-consistency because then that energizes sort of the friction and the battle of needing to be consistent. It's an allowance. It's an allowance of newness and a newness in ways that may not necessarily look like the straight shot we anticipate through different phases of weight loss and gaining strength. We have set ideas of how that consistency should produce results because we believe in gradual change. When change comes suddenly, we tend not to trust it. It seems delicate or even faulty. So let's say you go to the gym for five times. And on the morning of the sixth day, you wake up and have like the perfect body you've ever hoped for. You throw back your covers, you look down at your body, there's a six pack staring back at you. (laughs) There is a part of us that would respond, even, even without our conscious say so, that would be like, what? Like, Yes, there would be a part of us that might be excited after a moment, but the initial instinct would be almost a sense of shock and potentially a sense of fear. That sense of fear is because we would have perceived something (laughs) that was so easy, that was so effortless, that was so full of new energy as to be beyond the fence line. And what would happen as you continue to contemplate how could I possibly have gotten a six-pack overnight (laughs) is you're activating your beliefs of consistency over time. You don't see how you were consistent enough and you don't see how it lasted long enough for that six-pack to be possible. And do you know what would happen? Eventually, that six-pack would grow faulty. So it would start to loosen up. It would start to disappear. You would be mystified about how it even happened. You might be afraid to even look at it. <laughs> All of these things would be would feel disturbing to us on a subconscious level because it violates something that we know somewhere deep within us is a fundamental rule of our game. Have you ever had something really good fall right into your lap so quickly and so suddenly that even though on paper it felt like, seemed like everything that you had ever wanted, but there was still some part of you that was doubting? It's the gotcha. It's the gotcha aspect of our belief systems. (laughs) This plays out over and over again in many of our TV shows and movies and storylines where there is a character that has some lucky stroke, some, some lucky something comes through them and it comes at a cost. So let's say they finally win a car or something. Well, then the car is ultimately their demise, right? There is this storyline that if you have a stroke of luck, 
that that luck may not actually bring you the happiness that you thought it would. And here we have an interesting separation because in those storylines, we are delineating between the feeling that is caused by this thing arriving that we wanted and then the actual thing that we wanted. People love to talk about how unhappy people become when they win the lottery. (laughs) It's like almost a justification for the reasons why they haven't won the lottery yet is it wouldn't bring them the joy that they think that it might. There is almost a need in us for our dreams, for the things that we want to take a longer period of time in order for us to trust them and in order for us to believe that they will bring the happiness that we hoped that they would. How many times have you heard about an overnight success and the business or their career or their celebrity is going like gangbusters and then ultimately it implodes? It implodes because the company grew too fast and so now they hired too quickly and their product sucks and they have to lay everyone off (laughs) or someone who became popular too quickly and now it, the song's overplayed and everyone's sick of them and they had, you know, a moment in the spotlight, but now their career has downshifted again, like three notches. There is something innate in human belief systems that say that if it happens too quickly, something must be coming later <laughs> that would maybe suggest or maybe prove the point of that slow and steady is better than fast and miraculous. The chorus today talked about being, just being. (laughs) And when I finished channeling them today, I was like, really? Is is that it? (laughs) You guys don't want to say more? And really what I was doing was doubting my ability to hear them after not having channeled them all of last week. I wondered if a message that they wanted to convey could really be conveyed for this this episode in such a short period of time. They assured me, yep, that's it. (laughs) And by way of doing that, they were pointing to this aspect. That shouldn't we have to listen to many hours of channeled messages to fully understand what they represent? And can you really make a powerful point in under four minutes? There was a part of me that questioned the efficacy of what I had just done because it seemed easy and fast. And I hadn't been consistent all these prior days to justify my ability to do something in that short of time. If I had been channeling them every morning or for hours, yesterday and day before that and the day before that, and then today for this podcast, they chose to send out a message that only took four or five minutes, I probably would have believed it more. Today's message, for me, was the same sensation as waking up with a six-pack. I doubted it. I doubted that I had earned it. I doubted that I had done enough sit-ups or planks in order to merit it. This is the aspect of being that the chorus is pointing out today. So much of our consistency is something that we have to work for. We have to try to remind ourselves to play every day or to exercise every day or to eat right every day or to go to work every day. We have to somehow recall to ourselves aspects of consistency often in order to do it. We have had moments, however, where it's easy to be consistent because it's something we love to do and we find ourselves drawn back to it. However, oftentimes life gets in the way. (laughs) So maybe you're really enjoying gardening 
for two or three days in a row, but then something happens. It's time to go back to work. The family gets busy. There's an event or a holiday or a freak snowstorm, and you can't go out and garden today the way you could the last three days in which you were really enjoying that consistency. And I can say this, speaking as a gardener myself, (laughs) in Colorado just decided to have a very freak late snowstorm. (laughs) And all the baby flowers that I had just planted and was having such a good time watering every day were all smothered in snow. (laughs) So you see, consistency is not always under our power to control. Sometimes, and oftentimes, life, the environment, forces around us inhibit our ability to be consistent. This relates very strongly to some of the time-based topics we've been talking about so far this season in terms of inconvenience, where we have an idea of how things should go. And when we are pulled off of that line, it is the sense of inconvenience how we make mental projections and plans for things and find that those things do not often play out the way we have envisioned them in our minds. And also this sense of the many horses and working in spherical directions as opposed to in tiny lines of topics in our lives. Like here's my home and family line, here's my career line, here's my relationship line, etc. This beingness is very similar because... Inconsistency, we are, you could say, on a line. We view that if we want to have that body, we have to consistently show up and do the same repetitive action in order to get there. Now, what if I said, actually, from the view of the chorus, you could go work on your relationship and get a six pack? You would probably say, Katie, unless I'm doing sit-ups in my couple's therapy session, I do not see how working on my relationship is going to bring me abs. (laughs) And you're right. But wouldn't that be an amazing multitasking? (laughs) I wonder how many more couples would show up for couples therapy if they actually also got in a good workout. (laughs) I mean, imagine if you could lure your partner to therapy by saying, not only will our relationship be stronger and deeper and more profound by the end of this process, but we'll also have muscle tone all over our bodies. (laughs) I guarantee you more people would be willing to go. So this brings us around to the idea of multitasking, which is another favorite human way of dealing with the need for consistency. Because as you look at these little lines that go forward from us in terms of different topics in our lives that are important to us or that we're trying to move forward, eventually there are more lines, there are more needs to be consistent then we could potentially fit into the time that we have in a given day. I mean, I have joked with many friends and I've heard many people laugh about the idea that if you actually did everything you needed to do every day to maintain your body, your mind, your soul, your home, (laughs) you really wouldn't have time to do anything else. By the time you finished working out exfoliating, cooking healthy meals, checking in with family members, reading a book for self-improvement, taking care of your family, <laughs> it, would time, it would be time to go to bed and do it all over again. And this often happens to people as they undertake new ways of self-improvement, new methods of changing something in their life that they would like to see transformed. There is an uptick in the need for consistency in more places. And as we do so, oftentimes we become frustrated, you could say, with our progress or with our inability to be consistent as fast as we would like to be to have those results in our lives. The Slight Edge and other books address this topic where essentially the solution is to do small increments of consistency over longer periods of time. 
to basically work with our need to see change in order to feel at ease about the ways that our new efforts are performing. So they say you don't have to work out three hours a day for one month, maybe work out an hour a day and see where your body is one year from now. In so doing, what these philosophies are suggesting is that we evaluate less. We spend less time checking to see if our consistency is working the way that we want it to. And in so doing, sometimes it helps people to continue to be consistent and to eventually reach those results. If you believe that your sit-ups are working, most of us will continue to do them. If we see progress, if we recognize that this effort or this thing that's hard to do every single day is having an effect, sometimes it encourages us to continue to do that. Most of us lose hope or lose steam when we feel like we have been doing a consistent action and we're not seeing any change. And yet often, if we do fall off that bandwagon, if we say, I'm not seeing any difference, I'm so frustrated, I'm not going to work out today. Do we feel resolved that we made a good decision, that that thing wasn't really working? Or is there some part of us that feels bad that we just weren't consistent enough? Think of any time you have fallen off of any consistency bandwagon, be it diet or studying or flossing, (laughs) you name the consistency bandwagon. Think of any time that you have fallen off of it or even seen a friend fall off of theirs. Do they come back or do you feel a sense of relief of like, whew, that consistency bandwagon was just not getting me where I wanted to go. I am so glad I stepped off. (laughs) Or is there still some part of you or your friend that is so disappointed and that wonders if you just needed to do it more often or for a longer period of time? Are we sad? Are we disappointed? that we gave up. This is a great example of how unconscious these beliefs about consistency are. We are often frustrated that the action that we had chosen to be consistent upon didn't produce the results, but there's still a part of us left wondering, well, what other thing do I need to do consistently? (laughs) If that diet, if that way of eating didn't produce the results, then maybe I need to do this other diet, right? There is a substitute of choice of action for consistency. Now, some people say, actually, the choice of action you had made was right. You just needed to stick with it longer. But for those of us who have followed those things, you really get pretty far down the line and you feel like it's not working. And there's a battle. There's a battle sometimes within yourself or sometimes with the coach or the person who's telling you what to do to be consistent on. And you say, I I just really think this isn't working. And I I don't want to keep doing this over and over again. But then the question is, what else would you do instead? So when we say that the chorus is making a point today about beingness, this is it. We often think about being as sort of like a deep breath, yogic, (laughs) totally at peace sense of Zen in the present moment. And that's true. But from another equally valid perspective, really what they're talking about in beingness is an allowance of these new things to come through every moment, which would require a release of the beliefs about consistency. There are many ways that our belief systems pull us out of the perception of the present moment. There are many aspects of us, like linear time, that that sort of abstract us out of that view of the infinite that otherwise would come through to us. For example, let's say you're meditating or you're really in the flow of a project or something you're creating, and then somewhere out of the corner of your mind, a question will come out. What time is it? That is our beliefs. 
It is a reconnection to our structures of linear time that are telling you that, well, this can't go on forever. (laughs) You can't just be creating and in the flow for forever. It's dinner time or it's time to pick up the kids or it's time to do something else or it's getting late or you really need to go to sleep. Even if you don't follow those beliefs, even if you don't take action on them, the fact that we are still connected to something that will ask you, how much longer are you going to do this? (laughs) Is a representation of our beliefs of limitation. It is a drawing back to the ideas of linear time, to finiteness, to insufficiency, to everything that is unconsciously constructing our reality by way of our choice of resonance here. Now, sometimes we can respond to that voice with, I don't know. I don't know what time it is. And then you can look at the clock and you can say, oh, okay, I guess it's time that I put this down. I got to go pick up my kids. Now, that is an allowance. That is an allowance of our belief systems, of this reality that we're in, of the fact that we are still five senses and we are expanding from this perspective, not leaping off of it. But do you feel the difference between, oh, hey, thanks. Yeah, what time is it? (laughs) Versus, oh my God, I don't know. What time is it? How long have I been doing this? Do I have to, do you feel the difference? One way of describing that felt sense of difference is between the release of beliefs about consistency. The more we become at ease about things happening in a different order than we thought they would, the more we become at ease about things not happening at the same cadence, the way that we thought they would, the more we are actually flexing our need for consistency, we are expanding it outward a little bit. We are flexing it into new directions. It's not that consistency will become destroyed. (laughs) It's not anti-consistency. It's a way of looking at consistency in broader fashions. So what if consistency looked more like something we all do every day without even needing to think about it at all? We do it. And it's exactly what the chorus talked about today. We show up here. We show up in this belief system. We wake up into this game every single day. And so the chorus is playing a little bit with our idea of consistency and pointing out a new idea of it. That we are consistently in this game. And by their view, simply by showing up, simply by existing on these frequencies and in this resonance, we are accomplishing not only everything we set out to do and to achieve, but we are also impacting a number of beings that it would be almost impossible to describe. The Chorus and I have been talking a lot about this recently, particularly as the more this year has transpired, the more my life seems to be taking off in very different directions than I had expected. And I'm not even talking about my career. I'm not even talking about what I do with the Chorus. I mean, like my marriage, (laughs) my house, where we live, where my kid goes to school, who I'm connecting to, who I'm helping. I mean, I did not foresee any of this. And so I look at the idea of consistency that I had even six months ago and the activities 
that I felt it was important that I be consistent upon are now 10% of what I'm actually doing. I mean, they were my whole world six months ago. Like work out regularly, take care of the house, do some podcasting, (laughs) be consistent. This is what I do with my days. And now so many more things have been added to this existence that I am not as consistent with that subset of things that were my whole life a few months ago as I used to be. Now, in one way, you could say, well, that makes sense, Katie. If you were doing three things a day and now you're doing 10 things a day, you might not be able to get to them all in a single day. And this is exactly what I have experienced. Where I used to be able to do all my things every day (laughs) and feel quite good about being that consistent, now it's practically impossible to do them all every day or to do them well or to do them without freaking out about it and staying up really late at night to make sure they all get done. So as I asked the chorus about all of this, you know, my question really took the form of, I feel like these things are flowing and I feel like these things are happening in a really easy way. They're sort of just showing up. But also every time a new one shows up, I am freaking challenged by my ideas of consistency. It's like you're so excited for the new thing that shows up because it's like, wow, this is really interesting and and I, I never would have planned for this, but it's really kind of great. But then there's another part of you that demands, okay, but then how are you going to do all of those things every day? (laughs) And fortunately or unfortunately for me, the answer is I can't. I can't do those things in the same consistent way that I could before. So then most humans, or at least this human, (laughs) hit a crossroad. And it becomes, well, then which ones do I give up? Because it feels awful to not be consistent in the way that I think I have to be about all 10 of these things. It sucks, doesn't it? Doesn't it suck to feel like there's 10 spinning plates in the air and you're having a hard time keeping them all up? Doesn't it suck to feel like you're always failing at something because so much is going on? terrible feeling. And I have many friends who have taken on new job opportunities or have had the blessing of having a child or, you know, something new and incredible comes into their life. And one of the first impacts is that they feel like now they're not doing any of the things in their life as well as they used to. Basically, consistency, my consistency took a hit. And my belief system responds with what's the fastest way that we can get back to that prior ability to be consistent on fewer topics. And that is a choice. And that's a choice I've made several times. As life got weird and crazy and as I got sick and as more shit started to happen, I felt so bad about being inconsistent with so many things that I sort of started cutting them out of my life. I sort of stopped showing up in certain places, not because I couldn't have shown up occasionally, but because I couldn't show up consistently or so I felt, so I stopped showing up at all. And for a short period of time, I felt a renewed invigoration. I felt more secure in myself, perhaps more self-confident that, okay, I prioritized the things that were the most important and these things I can show up consistently for. But then guess what? (laughs) Life got in the way. New things kept happening. Stuff that I didn't even know how to handle. And over and over and over again, I was brought back to this crossroads so many times that in these last couple months, as I came back to this place again, I looked at the chorus like, 
really? (laughs) How many times do I have to cut out all this stuff that I can't be consistent on anymore? And And it's happening 10 times as fast. More plates are being thrown into the air above my head faster than they have ever been put there before. And I'm sort of tired. (laughs) I'm tired of picking which plates stay and which plates go and constantly feeling like I'm saying no to what the universe is creating. I'm tired of swimming upstream. I'm tired of pushing boulders uphill. I'm trying to burn the candle at both ends for a period of time before I remember that I can't burn the candle at both ends. And then I finally sit there and I say, but I don't understand how all of this works. And then the chorus says something so simple (laughs) in four minutes. Well, you're consistently you. Every day. You consistently show up here. You consistently be here. You consistently throw yourselves into the beliefs of limitation and demonstrate for all other beings throughout the galaxies all sorts of things that we never realized about creation itself until we saw what you had created. It's a completely different definition of consistency that rises far above all the plates in all the world and all the reality. Because every plate, every crossroads, every experience of consistency, good, bad, or otherwise, is created by our presence here. It's a difficult thing to just step into. It's taken me a while to recognize their definition of beingness as being as active, as actionable, as things that I feel like I do here. It's that shift that has helped me. Because more and more as I come through these beliefs, now when I wake up in the morning, I feel a sense of accomplishment. I don't tell myself it's an accomplishment. I don't remind myself of everything that the chorus has said. I feel it. I feel a satisfaction with myself for simply being. My life feels whole. Time feels more fluid. I see how I could be consistent in the way that I approach things my whole life without even trying. I see how our human species is consistent in how we embody these beliefs, how we do things, how we are human all of the time. From that vantage point, I begin to sense, not see, I begin to sense how things could be connected in a way that my five senses cannot perceive. Meaning, let's say something that I feel like I need to be consistent about is marketing this podcast. (laughs) But I can't get to it in the way that I thought I should. Instead, I have opportunities coming up that feel easy and fun and interesting. So I'm at a crossroads. Should I instead say no to those things and be consistent with my marketing? Or should I say yes to those things and release that need to be consistent? Again, what if it's not an anti-consistent? What if these opportunities that are coming up that feel easy are a way of marketing my business that I didn't understand on the five senses perspective? Meaning, could you have a fluke coffee meeting with someone that just came up abruptly that leads you to a marketing opportunity that you never could have planned? Of course. 
We talk about strokes of luck like that all the time. Could you believe that it could be that easy? Well, if you feel like you have not been consistent enough, you might question the durability of that miracle. You might begin to doubt that you deserved the (laughs) six-pack. But if you start to see yourself as consistently representing what you believe and are in every moment across your days, you recognize in that opportunity the same thread. It's all you. It's all the things you desire to achieve. Marketing is a hope for a growth in connection between you and your customers, between you and your clients. That sense, that feeling, that hope that led to that perspective of the actions that you needed to take could be alive and well in other serendipitous opportunities that come to you that will not look like marketing. It is a different kind of beingness. It is a different kind of existence where you view consistency in broader strokes across everything you say, everything you do, everything you are, everywhere you go. And it is that view of consistency that opens us up to more and different plates in the air that ultimately are shortcuts, highways, byways to all the desires that we've ever held. You are consistently you. And the more you see that, the more you recognize what you are, your own uniqueness, the extraordinary expression of creation that you are, the more you will recognize in every interruption, in every inconvenience, in every thread of your life, a consistent presence that is bringing to you all you have ever desired and all you ever hoped to achieve. By this view, you can allow for all these surprises to unfold because they're not pulling you away from being consistent. They're a reflection that you have been. I can't wait to see your six-pack. much for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information on The Chorus and I, our podcast, book, or how to get in touch with us, visit katieinthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.